this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can be who it says I can be. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Jesus, help. Amen. All right. <laughs> Some of you have that same prayer for your marriage. You know that's all you can say. Help. Somebody help. <laughs> amen. All right. So my topic uh, that, that I'm making up as we talk about right now is, you know, we're going to take it from Bob Marley's song, you know, one love, one heart. Let's get together and be all right. So let's talk about pastor seeing that he is not here and I have the mic. It's always good when he can't, you know, kind of get me back. So I'm going to just give you a little insight into him today. We're in the survivor series, in the survivor series. And one of the rules that he talked about last week was making sure that whatever we hear, we don't nudge our spouse, stab our spouse or poke our spouse, but we say, God, I'm listening for me. Amen. So we're continuing his rule, with his rules. Well, pastors always liked cars, always liked cars, always liked cars. And so, you know, he drives, um, he currently drives a Mercedes, I want to say it's SL500 or something like that. It's, you know, it's big and long and all this kind of excitement. And so I'm telling you that not to show off about the car, but to give you a principle because I'm, I'm, you're going to catch me in a minute. So we didn't begin with a Mercedes. We began with a 1987 iMark Isuzu. And it had, it was called Betsy. She had a name. Because, um, you know, we just like that. Figured that make it more personable. I don't know. And the seats had cigarette butt holes all through it because we had gotten the car from his uncle. And to hide the cigarette butt holes all over the car seats, we had fur seat covers. Gray, to be exact. What's in that? Gray fur seat covers in 106 degree weather. Hmm. All right. Well, there we go. And the trunk did not open. And the side door was jammed. But, you know, the most charming and endearing quality about Betsy, she loved attention. I mean, she just thrived on being the center of attention. And what she did was she could only shut down on major highways. <laughs> not private back streets. No, Highway 20, yes. 360, even better. You know, this is how she would operate all the time. And she only operated like that with me. The prejudiced little vehicle. But anyway. So, you know, I, I remember, you know, I, I just had a bad attitude towards Betsy. I was like, oh, you know, why God, why? Can't you just shut down in the garage Instead, you know, and, and I remember coming and complaining to Pastor Eben because that's what I do. And he apparently is the Holy Spirit in our relationship. So he likes to correct and bring order to me. So I, I'm complaining. I'm like, you know, babe, I don't see why we have this vehicle. We need to do an, get another car. I mean, I could do a bicycle better than this. You know, I mean, I'm just starting to talk bad about Betsy and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and you know, Pastor said, um, you know, that's what's wrong. You're treating Betsy bad. So she's not treating you back right. I said, babe, this is a vehicle. <laughs> this is a vehicle. I understand that you have it a little bit different, but it's a vehicle. He said, no, you, you, you got to keep her clean. 
you gotta, you gotta take care of her. Sweet, you're never gonna get the Mercedes if you don't see that I, the eye mark is a Mercedes. And I was like, all right. I'm not with you quite yet, but okay. And so I remember him being in the car, leaning back in the eye mark, as if he was in some other vehicle. I mean, like this, and he just bumped into his music. Now remember, the air didn't work sometimes too, so it's hot. You wind it down, and he's just still there, cool with his shades on, and just, you know, really just, he was not in the iMark, Isuzu. He was in his Mercedes. And so I remember him correcting me on that, and, and, um, so, you know, we, we graduate now, and we're here in this, this, this car, this one that he has, and very rarely, and I say extremely rarely, do I ask him to borrow his car. And I never want to borrow his car because it's rules that accompany his car. There's so many rules to work with the vehicle. I'm like, babe, I'm just trying to go to the end of the street, though. I just want to go to, like, the gas station and buy some milk and come back. And between now and then, it's like 400 yards, and he said, don't go by the curb. Don't watch for the potholes because they may mess up my rims. No eating. I don't care if all y'all are starving to death. No eating in my vehicle. Do not park near anybody. Make sure you park far, far away. I don't want any dings in the side of my car. Do not speed. Sweet, repeat. Do not speed. Sweet, repeat. Do not speed. Do not get a ticket in my vehicle. I don't want anyone to think it's me getting a ticket. And that's just the ones I remember. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, today's lesson is in Pastor Evan and his car. <laughs> you know, and, and, um, you know, I want to know has, you know, like Betsy, because I would treat her bad according to him. She would shut down. Has it ever happened in your relationship, the great shutdown? It usually happens when you ask your husband something or you ask your wife something and the reaction you get is not the reaction you wanted. So you decide that you're going to punish. And you shut up and shut down. I mean, I don't know what that means to y'all, but. <laughs> Ooh, and you're, you're like, I just have a headache. No, there you have Tylenol. There's Tylenol also. You can, you can fix that headache. So, I mean, I, I mean we, we, we shut down because of all these different things. And we begin to keep score in our mind. And little by little, we devalue our relationship. And we begin to listen to the radio and take comfort in songs like, It's too late to apologize. Too late. <laughs> and if we really get bad, then we go to Beyonce and we think, Let me upgrade you. Let me up. oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right. So it, it's the same in our relationships. As long as we keep treating each other the way we do, we'll stay where we are. Now, some of you are good, but you won't get to great if you just keep doing good. Some of us are horrific, and we just need to get up to bad. (laughs) If we keep doing what we're doing, we'll just stay at the same level. We got to make a change, amen? We can't expect change if we don't change ourselves. Say, I cannot expect change if I don't change me. Gandhi says it this way, be the change you want to see. Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So let's say it one more time. Say, a change is not a change until I actually change. I know that was very deep. 
That was the deepest thing, right? A change is not a change until we actually change. All right, turn to 1 Peter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. You know, I believe that we won't invest in what we don't value. We will not be vested in what we don't value. And too often we compare our spouses and our relationships, and based on the measuring stick of value we have is whether we're going to come up short or not. So we will not invest our time or money or resources or energy or emotions or intellect if we do not have proper value. All right, I'm going to, uh, your first Peter 3, verse 7. First Peter verse, uh, 3, verse 7. Okay, before I get there, I'm going to, I'm going to show you some pictures. Okay, well, let, let's go ahead and read it first. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, this is a, a scripture talking to husbands about dealing with their wives. But we are just going to really focus on certain keys and not the husband. Because I know you're all like, well, Pastor, sorry, you're up here now. You're just going to kill all the husbands. Uh-huh. And the women are going, yeah, do it, do it, do it. You know. Oh, no. We're, we're going to get both people together, including myself, right? So dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Verse 8. Verse 8 says, Finally, be of all one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful and be courteous. Amen? All right, so I have some photos to show you. The first one I want to show you is a car that GM makes, a Chevy Spark. Ta-da! Isn't that cute? I know that's all like your dream car list, and, you know, you all just been dying to get your hands on that, on your vision board. The Chevy Spark is what is on your board, right? All right, so the Chevy Spark is a whopping $12,000. Last year, they sold over 275000 But it doesn't say how many they make. So if they sold that money, you know they made way more, right? So, now this vehicle is way too small to fit my husband. So even if he liked it, he couldn't have it. It's not tailored to his requirements. You with me? So he can't lust after that because that can't do nothing for him. It's just cheap. And it's readily available. You might get a little gas mileage. But that's all you're going to get. Because at the end of the day, you can't expand in that vehicle. You cannot be fruitful and multiply. This vehicle is not taking you to the next level of prosperity in life. So, leave the sparks alone. Holler. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. All right, so the next one I have, um, and you know, men, y'all just forgive me because I didn't go to Italian school and learn all this, but this is a Lamborghini Venero. Now, that's hot right there, right? That's hot. $4.4 million. Only three made in the world. All three were sold. But there is one. The most expensive vehicle in the world cost $8 million. They only made one of those. It is called the Maybach Accelero. Only one was made. $8 million. So crafted and so brilliant 
They put so much design and engineering and thought and planning into this one car. The paint is custom. The leather is custom. The machinery, it's, it's uniquely fitted to only one particular customer. Only one person has what it takes to manage and maintain this vehicle. It can't be gotten by anybody else because there's only one. There is no upgrade. This is the top. There's no trade-in. You don't trade in when you got the best. You don't abandon. You don't let the insurance lapse on something like this. You don't let this get covered with dirt where you can write, see me on there. You know it would scratch the paint. You don't have your buddies laying up on the front watching the movies out in the middle of the park. There's only one. You don't let anybody come up on it and put their fingerprints on there. There's only one. Hmm. God gave you the top of the line in your spouse. You said, Pastor, you don't know. I do know. You chose your spouse. Nobody held a gun to your head. Your spouse is a sign of your own intelligence. I didn't pick your spouse for you. You went down on your knee yourself. Would you marry me? Girl, I'll rock your world. Later we'll be greater. If you go stay with me from the bottom of the hill, I'll take you to the top. No, you're trying to like Jack and Jill and kick her down the hill. What's up with that? You see, when we were getting married, we didn't think we deserved our spouse. We thought, wow, how lucky are we? Man, oh God, you're so good to me. I got, whoa, boy, I was ugly and this girl liked me. Oh boy, I was not this cute and this guy liked me. And you, in your mind, you just thought he or she was the Maybach and you were the spark. But no, you think you're the Maybach. And they're the spark. So now you're like, you're not doing it my way. You're not doing it for me. You're not entertaining me. So you know what? I'm done with this. Let me walk out. Let me trade you in. I can't be bothered. You know, I'm not going to talk to you. Because, you know, I'm a good man. And you know how many, you know how many women there are to men ratio worldwide? So somebody else want me. What? What? What are you saying? I'm, I'm going to leave. Yeah, push me one more time. I'm leaving. Leave. Where are you going? Where are you going? You can't go nowhere. You're too broke to go by yourself. You can't go nowhere. <laughs> just, just maintain the one you got. Maintain the one you got. Maintain the one you got. What does God have to say about this? So in First Peter 3 verse 7, First Peter 3 verse 7, here's the thing. We all have Maybox in our life. But sometimes because of the trials of marriage and life and then kids come in, we allow it to collect dust. And we forget that there's actually a Maybox underneath there. We actually get deceived by the media, you see. We get tricked by the Budweiser girls. That this is real life. 
That your spouse, when she wakes up in the morning, her weave is perfectly coiffed. That she's going to just walk into breakfast and pour bear over her body. <laughs> you know, we think that when, you know, when we see our husband, he's supposed to walk like Denzel. <laughs> you know, and have that husky voice like Brad Pitt. What? Stop going to the movies. Just pause. <laughs> and, and so we buy this lie. And who can compete with these lies? Man, we got kids, man. <laughs> Our stuff don't stay the same no more. <laughs> and here you are dibbling and dabbling on the internet and looking at Playboy. They're 19, man. We're 45. What are you talking about? At the end of the day, it all feels the same. So look, you have just got to stay with the one you got. I mean, it is getting hot in here. <laughs> All right, Peter says, Peter says, what Peter said, Peter have some words. He says, dwell with them according to knowledge. Anytime we get a car, a vehicle, they have a user's manual with the vehicle. Praise God that I do the shortcuts. Do not follow my example, but my car is made by GM. And because there's so many GM employees in our church, when I'm confused about my vehicle, I call one of the employees and say, hey, I don't know how to turn my phone on. And they're like, it's in the user manual, Pastor Sarah. I know, I didn't want to read it. See, that's it. So I don't get, even get the full benefits out of my vehicle because I personally have not read my Escalade user manual. I have not spent the time to study. No, bear in mind, when I was at American Airlines trying to like move up in the ranks, I went through six weeks of training and study. Had to learn the product. Had to know how to mark up the um, user machinery. Had to figure out how to write the reports. But we ha I, I don't know if I spent six weeks solid studying my spouse. Finding out how to use the machinery. How to learn the product. How to write up the reports. How to speak to him. How to build him up. How to raise him up. I don't know if we have spent that much time investing in our product knowledge about the spouse that we've got. And many of us invest more in our job knowledge that can change in a second than our God knowledge and our spouse knowledge. So the first thing is that we, we were paying attention to the insignificant instead of paying attention to the significant one in our lives. So, you know, I mean, many men, many men take pride on knowing about cars. I mean, something's going on in the car and they say, you know, it could be the starter. You know, you know, pastor, pastor, you, you know, pump the brakes again, start it. I mean, they know how to start that car up. And their wife could be laying next, down to, next to them crying at night and you don't have a clue. Many of us give our cars more allowance than we give our wife. We're going to take that thing every week to get cleaned, vacuumed. And what about us women? We sure know the times and seasons of Macy's sales. We know when that red coupon is coming in the mail and we time it just right. Organize our budget to make sure that we, we, we know it. But do we know what makes him tick? Do we, do we take the time and value him because he's a Maybach in our life? That we go, what is it going to take to keep the shine on? You know, it's been 19 years in December that I've been married to Pastor Evan, and I still make his plate every day. Now, your husband may not want you to make his plate, because, you know, but I take it as an art. 
When I make the plate, I, I take so much energy just to make the plate for you to gobble it in five seconds. But it's something I like to do. And he does not like to eat on plastic. He doesn't want to eat on paper plates. So if there's one plate in the house, which he, you know, he's been celebrating to you about the one plate he's been washing, it's because he the one that want to eat on the plate. So it's been 19 years I'm making this one plate because the rest of us, we can eat on foil. <laughs> I'm like, children, line up. <laughs> but because he wants it a certain way and he wants it on this plate, then I do it for him. No, it's taken him 19 years to wash the plate, y'all. But that didn't excuse me from doing what I felt and what I knew was right towards him. I didn't say, I'm not making a plate for you because I've been asking you to wash this plate for 19 years and you haven't done it. I give up, babe. I just give up. Uh-uh. We are still required to do what is right to, in front of God even if the person is not. Because we're not trying to please the person as much as we're trying to please God. And it starts with him first. Now again, the last week pastor discussed, unless there's room for divorce as the Bible discusses, then we don't have no, no choice. Unless you're being, you know, abused and your life is being threatened or there's some cause of fornication. No, you are with the person you are. There is no way out. The Bible says in Malachi, I, the Lord, hate divorce. You stick it out. You stick it out. So the first thing we have to do is a spousal study. So this week, when you go, you're going to find out some things about your spouse. What makes you afraid? What makes you feel valued? What makes you feel... Um, like you can be on top of the world. What makes you feel I consider you? What makes you think I'm thoughtful about you? What makes you think I'm on your mind? How can, how can, I, how can I bridge this gap? Amen? So the first thing we do is a spousal study. Because trust me, if you're married to a female, the woman you married five weeks ago is not the woman you have today. We have things called hormones. As a matter of fact, there's a time of the month that normal women have hormones. And you can even see that within the month you have four different personalities in your wife. So you have to consistently do a spousal study. Who are you today, honey? Mary. I understand Mary. She wants to be left alone. All right. You know, so you, you got to keep up. You got to keep up. You got to keep doing your, your, your refresher courses on each other. Amen? Amen. The second thing that Peter tells us. Is that we are ears together. We are ears together. Both of us say, hold the same value to God, even though we have different responsibilities. Our responsibilities are different, but our responsibilities do not devalue us. You understand? We are the weaker vessel. Why do we want to be the stronger vessel anyway? I mean, it's okay to be the weaker vessel. The word weaker doesn't mean that you're, you're less intelligent. It just means that you're more priceless. The Bible says the weaker means it's, it's like fine china. It's, it's very fragile. That's what weaker means. It's fine to be weaker. But it doesn't mean because you're weaker that you're weak. You don't have to go bench press 240 to keep up. You don't have to run the finances and run your husband and run everything to, to show that nobody's going to take advantage of me. Hey, we're trying to please God first. And the Bible says we're joint ears. In other words, you're not a hoopty doopty loopty married to a Maybach. You're a Maybach married to a Baybach. 
You are co-heirs. We are equal in value to God. Therefore, instead of us taking the time and going, I, you know, I don't know about this wife here. You got to see God. What an honor it is for me to take care of your daughter. What a privilege you would trust me to take care of your son. God, what kind of intelligence and wisdom and smarts and wits you see about me that you would give me the responsibility of caring for someone else in my life. Oh my gosh, they are heirs. And we have to see them how God sees them. If we see them how God sees them, then we will never shortchange them. Because here's the thing. Well, pastor, sorry, they don't always do right. Isn't that cute? Because we didn't do right when God loved us and yet he gave his very best. Yet he sacrificed as if we were doing right all along. He went to the ends of the earth and gave up his most prized possession in the middle of us doing wrong. In the middle of us rejecting him in the middle of us mocking him so why can't we be like christ and i know you're doing wrong but i am choosing to do right because god will honor who is doing right and god will turn a situation around for your favor when you're doing the right thing when we love something it shows like i said pastor evan's car stays clean that thing is always shining and crystally and all that kind of stuff I know he, that's why I don't even buy the car. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't even want to get into how much I love the car versus he loves the car. So I just leave the vehicle alone. So I have two. <laughs> Ain't no man like the one I got. What can I say? <laughs> you know, the Bible says in Romans 13, 8 through 10, it says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another fulfills the law. When we love, like how God wants us to love each other, we fulfill the law. That means we don't commit adultery. We don't dishonor a mother and her father. We don't murder. We don't steal. We don't do all those Ten Commandments because when we love, there's no room for that. You understand? And so I want to encourage us, I want to encourage us tonight because it shows we treat what we love with a certain reverence. You're not going to, but I'm not. I'm not going to take my good shoes. You all have good shoes? Yeah. Like you have play shoes, like, you know, somebody can step on those shoes. Okay, well, man, when you all buy those brand new sneakers, you know, and I like to just go and do this. And I always do that, right? Just because I know people don't like their new shoes to be, like, scuffed up. And women, we don't like to buy these really expensive shoes that we bought for an occasion, and then somebody spill, like, gravy on it. Just gets you to that Starbucks level moment real fast, right? But... If there is a roach in your house, you are going for the old navy slipper to kill that roach. You are not going for a pair of Jimmy Choo or Louboutins. Oh, let me go take them out of the case and kill this roach. You are going for the cheapest thing because you, in your mind, if this roach thing gets all over your shoe, you're going to throw away the shoe. So you have to just, as a matter of fact, what I do is I get Evan shoes. I don't even touch mine. I'm like, oh, 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 go, go, go get daddy's shoes, get daddy's shoes. They're like, mom, yours are, no, 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 get his, get his. Because <laughs> I value mine way more. <laughs> so if we're not going to take our good shoes and kill the roach, why will we take our good husband and tear him down with our words? Men, if that Maybach was in your, in your garage and you came out, you'd be leaning and driving and cruising. But when you go to the mall, you don't want to hold her hand and let everybody know you're proud to be with her. You walk ahead of her and leave her dragging behind. You rush out to church and she needs help with the kids. Come now. 
It shows. People know I'm well taken care of because my husband loves me. And I've given him time and a half. But I tell you, I'm a reflection of him. See, I can't attract what I didn't want. I had to attract who I was. So I don't just believe I'm a good woman. I believe he's a good man. And so it's going to show. It's going to show. It's going to show. Lastly, lastly, lastly. Stop giving that. We're going to stop giving other entities a ruling influence in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. The last thing we're going to do is the Bible says here, and we must be finally, in verse 8 in Peter, finally be of one mind. We have to make a spousal stand. We have to get on the same page, y'all. The same page. Got to get on the same page with money. You get the same page with parenting. The same page with everything. We got to get on the same page. You have to have a certain rule of conduct. A certain rule of conduct. A certain guideline of how we're going to operate this ship. And the best way to do that is to lean on the word. Use God's standard as the standard. Not our feelings. Not how we, how we were experiencing something today. That has nothing to do with God's standard. I know we have feelings. But when we, when we, are, when we are immature, we process everything through our feelings. When we are more mature, we say, God, what is the right thing? What do you want me to do? In regardless of what they're doing, what do you want me to do? And we take responsibility for our actions and we choose to do the right thing. If you would bring my umbrella... And my cute people in the front. Being on the same page, one mind about who we are, is the only way we're going to win at this. Can you come all the way up here? Amen. So the first thing we have to be in agreement on, that the Bible is the ruling measuring stick in our marriage. Not your parents' marriage before not the marriage that is on TV. Because see, see, what happens in the marriage on TV, you know, they get all these other chances. You understand? They have a director that says, cut, oh, rewrite that. Oh, but see, in our mind, we're thinking, oh, yeah, here it is, we're supposed to go now and get under the sheets and this orchestra is supposed to play. And we're supposed to have the right sounds. And No, that scene that you saw, they cut it 15 times and said, oh, no, we don't like that sound. Make this sound. But in your marriage, you're going like, I want all the sound effects. And, and, and I want all the lights and the dim. And, I, you know, I want the mariachi singing and playing their band. And uh, It don't happen like that. It just doesn't happen like that. So, so what happens is that we get riffs and we give other things, whether it's a radio, whether it's a TV, whether it's our, our um, friend's relationship, more influence in ours than we do God. And anytime you compare, you're going to come short. You're going to find fault. But you know what? We, we can't go there anymore. So if one person will stand on this side and one person will stand on this side, and if Will will stand in the middle, Will, if you would bring the umbrella over here. I know you all are like, don't open the umbrella. In there. That is, do not, do not fall into those old wives' tales. That is, that is not even God. Okay? I am not afraid of any evil spirit coming over here because I've opened the umbrella in the middle of the church. That's, that's why I was doing that. <laughs> oh, my God. 
come again. All right, so here it is. What it says is um, we love him because he first loved us. So I'm wrapping this up for you. The first thing we have to know is that we are co-heirs. We have the same value, all right? When we allow other people and other things and other standards to be the standard for us individually, then we are outside of God's protection. And that's why we're so far apart from each other. It's like that song, California Bed. Y'all don't know those songs, right? Okay, praise God. Good. Y'all are very safe. It just talks about <laughs> that it's a California bed and you're on one side and I'm on one side. And there's a big ocean in between. Some of you have dips on each side of your bed. You, and when you try to come in the middle, it's a hump. So you, it's kind of like you have to tuck and roll to get over the hump. Okay, let's flip the mattress today. And let's start over. Let's start in the middle. Let's start in the middle. How about we gradually gravitate towards the middle and leave the sides alone? Because that's how the kids can come up in there. Because the middle is vacant. They know you're going to be on opposite ends. They saw it right before you actually got in the bed. Well, you this, you that. Oh, good night to come into the bed. (laughs) So if we're going to do it, we have to have common standard the word of the god lord is a common standard so as you are moving closer to god and you're moving closer to god we automatically you can keep going get closer to each other understand you never find someone someone to hold you like i do amen y'all can go Amen. Amen. When we have one mind, like Bob Marley says, one love. What about one heart? Let's get together and feel all right. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Give thanks and praise to the Lord and we'll feel all right. So I want to encourage you this week. This week, your homework assignment is to find the value in your spouse. Be like Jesus this week. Make a list of the things that are right with your spouse. What do you like about your spouse? Well, pastor, I don't like anything. Oh, you know, that's why you're going to move into love. How about you move into God's love and find something? You know what, honey? I like your left eyelash on the left eye. Whatever it's going to be. You know, I like that you don't have six toes. And I let your eyes actually stay in the right place. Whatever it is that you want to say to your spouse, I need you to make a list of the things that are good about your spouse. We're not comparing that I have 15 things and you have one. As a matter of fact, you know, let's just find two because that's what exactly what's going to happen. Well, why is your list longer than mine? Okay, just find two. Find two things that you like about your spouse and meditate on that. And meditate on how Christ was good to us and how we are going to exemplify him to our spouse. How are we going to value our house spouses this week? How are we going to let them know I'm good with this Maybach? I know there are many problems. I know there are deep-rooted problems. But there's no storm. There's no illness. Some of you have endometriosis. Some of you have, you know, um, 
testosterone issues. Some of you have, you know, prostate problems. Some of you have cystic fibrosis. I know there are health issues. If we focus on the facts and not on the truth, the facts will always stay the same. But if we can focus on God and his truth, they always change the facts. And the feelings that you have are just feelings. And if you meditate on the things the Bible says, whatsoever is good, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things. You will find that your attitude towards your spouse will change than when you dwell on what's not there. We're all going through changes. We'll all continue to go through changes. But it is not worth losing the credibility of God for the comfort of our flesh. Never. Amen? Did you learn something today?